Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. And a massive thank you to Guinness for helping us put on the five awesome live shows across the UK and Ireland over the course of the Guinness Six Nations. And don't forget, if you want us to visit your hometown next season, get onto eventbrite.co.uk and let us know where you want us to visit and we'll do our best. Jim and Goody are with me as usual and we're joined in studio by a friend of the show and former Ireland international Darren Cave as well. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Quiet weekend. Was out on Thursday night. Oh. How bad is a hangover as a parent? Horrendous. Still haven't recovered. Mate, just toughen up. I can't. So uh, it was just when the the 6am alarm went off, which was the crying baby, and it was time for me to get up. You were like yours. That's yours. You're a man. It was like like playing rugby again. (laughs) Say you're ill, mate. I'm ill. (laughs) How are you guys this weekend? Well, I'd say slightly tired. Last week was a busy week. We did back-to-back shows, uh, one in London on Wednesday, one in Cardiff on Thursday. Andy Powell was there. The best thing about Powell, on the Wednesday... He's obviously filled his boots a little bit in London, hasn't he? Yeah. He's rocked up on Thursday in Cardiff in the same clothes he was wearing the night before. Wearing a flat iron jacket that he had. (laughs) Flat iron square jacket. Flat iron square jacket. He's rocked up with that Thursday because on Wednesday he didn't bring a jacket. He's asked me to bring one. So I went to TK Maxx and bought him one for 10 quid. He wouldn't wear it because it was anorak. And he's rocked up in that on Thursday as well. The guy is an absolute legend. (laughs) And how was your weekend, Jim? Did you just rest? No. Nah. Went up to Scotland, mate. Went out. Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. I mean, what a time to be alive at the minute, eh? Watched the England-Wales game at the airport. As we know, this coronavirus, there are other viruses available if you do want them (laughs) uh, or if you don't want them as well. Um, So my travel travel for everyone it's been an absolute disaster so yeah yeah my flight was cancelled and you know no biggie just book another one that was cancelled as well so end up with the millions getting absolutely mobbed on the plane up to edinburgh and um naturally a little bit tired but i got to watch the england wales game in peace at the airport on my ipad and um i enjoyed being in scotland again it was good to be home yesterday good your weekend yeah very good uh did a bit of twickenham bit of corporate there and then headed off to Greenwood's Bar in uh, Victoria to host for Guinness. They had the the fan zone where it was the VIP watch the game with a legend and I, I, they couldn't find anyone so they got me. And yeah, I had a, a few pints of Guinness watching the game and, and um, enjoying the company of a raucous bunch of South Africans on a stag do. They're in fancy dress. One of the teams was dressed as uh, Donald Trump supporters. Oh, Red hat on, make America great again. Original, yeah. Another group were dressed as elephants. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the third one were dressed as pigs. So, I mean, it fitted in really well with me, to be honest. So then, you fast forward, you got home, ordered in the Chinese, the Indian. No, you can't have Chinese at the minute, mate. Worry about the coronavirus. Oh, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course yeah. you can. So double Indian, and then you've sat down <laughs> on the sofa, whipped the phone out. It's Twitter time. <laughs> Here wow. we go. Just, you know, you just make some um, comments around what you've seen that day. Well, we'll come on to Joe Muller and the England v Wales before long, but Scotland blew the Six Nations wide open by beating France on Sunday. Uh, so we were never going to get a winner this weekend, but now France v Ireland has also been postponed until the end of October, as well as Italy v England being off. What do you guys make of that decision? Well, I'm not huffing like you, mate. We ain't doctors. Although I could could have been, I ain't, well, I'm a scientist. Well, I'm good. I was good at science. So were you? What are you? Of course, I was. You weren't, mate. You weren't good at anything at school. Let's mate, be honest. I was all right at science, actually. So periodic um, table. Yeah. Well, basically, we had Bunsen burners, and we used to kind of dissect things. I can't say that it was uh, there were animals, but it was a frog. And um, one of the guys has dissected it, and then instead of doing what you had to do with it, once we'd open up the frog, someone put it in the drawer and. Uh, Left it there for a while and uh, it smelled. Did you put it in the drawer, James? I did not put it in the drawer. I am an innocent man. 
Okay. And that was a school. It was a long time ago, and times were very, very different then to how they are now. Very different. You could do a lot of different things then, and <laughs> everything was fine, and there was no social media. So I don't agree with putting a frog that was already dead in the drawer, but the smell, my goodness. <laughs> so Andy Rowe, we can't affect what's going on with this virus. We have no idea. I know that the tube was a lot quieter than normal. There's no toilet roll at home. I've now taken one from the podcast studio. It's got a few... Th- things on it a few bit stains but hey i ain't bothered i'm taking it <laughs> what, i'm what, taking it home and this is the thing why is everyone stockpiling toilet roll because well, it gives you, it, it, coronavirus apparently gives you the shits but i'm right. my biggest thing is it, I, i'm hating myself for the amount i've wasted on courtesy wipes now the amount of toilet roll over my life that i've wasted by just giving it a quick wipe during the day <laughs> oh, courtesy wipes but th- this is the thing though so if we're all going to be quarantined at home why toilet roll you just jump in the shower or use the B-Day or get Pablo to clean it for you. That's, you know, that's one or the other, isn't it? I mean, but it's mad. The world's going crazy. But it was good to be up in Scotland. How good was Scotland? How much, not better, but you actually realise that Scotland, we are a good team. Back to the we, is it? Well, of course. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I think I mentioned on the pod last week that you know, people are talking about Scotland having lost the games they've lost. And, uh, you know, I think I said uh, that they're actually not that far away. On my Guinness match point predictor, I put France by eight. I'm happy to say it. You did, Jim. I did. I put uh, France by eight, and I can only go on face value with what we've seen. France has the best team in the tournament, hence why they're on for a Grand Slam. Scotland, we were unsure where they were, I think, and a lot of things happened in the game. There was a red card. You know, I had a good perspective of the game. I was sat next to John Smith. We were dissecting it. With an open cloth? With dirty cloths. Okay, he, dirty. he spent three days in Edinburgh. Oh, they, were, they were dirty cloths. Um, and... We were looking at the work rate of France off the ball. They just didn't turn up. Obviously, Untermat goes off with a concussion. And the only player I'd say that rocked up in that French team was Dupont. But from a Scottish perspective, I am very, very happy because every single game we could have won. I know it sounds ridiculous. Against Ireland, we turned up. Against England, it was a non-starter. You know, we beat Italy comfortably. And you can only play what's in front of you and we beat France comfortably. So you just repeat what I said last week. Yes. You agree with me, you're, You're an expert. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what's pleased me most. Looking back on Scotland, and it isn't Jamie Ritchie in the back row with Hamish Watson, the fact that I'm going to be chomping at the bit to get them on the Lions tour because I'm an influencer in the rugby world now, and the fact that Rory Sutherland's come out of nowhere, and the fact that Scott Cummins is now coming to the fore, and we've got Sam Johnson in the centre, and then Blair Kinghorn's carving up, and we've got Hoggy the Hangman as captain. There's a lot of good things going for the team. I tell you what, you look at the way that Scotland players, both on and off the pitch, conduct their business, it is, I would say, out of all the teams, out of all the home nation teams, I would say that Scotland are the leading light in that. And I've had time to reflect today. I watched the game back. There's a lot going on. We'll get into it. Goody's tweeting about it. And I think that Scotland get a lot of shit, right? As in from other teams that potentially joke about them. Gatlin's like, oh, it's only Hogg that's going to go on the Lions tour. He said that, you know, in tongue and cheek. The fans, expectation. You know, Gregor Townsend, we were talking about it. Gregor Townsend, if Scotland don't beat France, could lose his job. And then actually look at it. You look at what they're doing in Scotland. So Glasgow are doing really well. Edinburgh top of their conference. Scotland now, we're on to win the Six Nations. <laughs> but I'm all about the conduct of the players. They've dealt with the Finn Russell situation. All right, it could have been dealt with a little bit differently. But you but, disagreed with that, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Dis- I, yeah, I did disagree was, with that. And but, how nice was it to see the Hastings play well? Because I kind of disagreed with you a bit on that one, Jim, which isn't like us. No. Celtic brothers. But you know, nobody's too big than the team. Do you know? And I like that Gregor said, look, 
if you want to play for our team, you've got to fall in line with what we... So I don't think the ball's in Gregor's court to go back chasing him. And that's what it's so nice. Imagine what it's like for Adam Hastings. Every week, Finn Russell this, Finn Russell mm. that. I thought he was unbelievable at the weekend. Yeah. Probably would have been man of the match if Richie hadn't have been quite so ridiculous. One thing that concerns me about Scotland's play still, right? See when the ball gets in the opposition 22 when they're in possession and it slows up so what they did at the weekend one try came from the line out and then the other two when the busts are made the tries are really really quick you know Nick's phase straight through Hastings made a break and then the ball got to the edge Johnson's break Maitland in the corner and then the second try break up the middle and the ball immediately to the edge and try I still think when the ball slows up do you know when teams like Exeter are at their best when traditionally like some monster that's where Scotland I still think have the biggest gains to be made yeah you mentioned Adam Hastings poor bloke what you don't want to see your mum and dad kissing on the big screen do you <laughs> oh. when you've just slotted a penalty yeah it's like do your mum and dad uh, no they don't no. <laughs> No, 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 they don't. Uh, another couple of things on Scotland, we should say, is the evolution in their defence. So where have they struggled most? Against power teams, right? So teams that go Route 1 China, your Pacific Islanders, South African teams, etc. That's where they've struggled for years. So Tandy's flip-flops come in. Steve Tandy's come in as a defence coach. And we sat there watching it. They were Duncan Hodge. So me, Duncan Hodge and John Smith, two legends of rugby and Hodgie, are watching the game. He says, look at Scotland's defence. He said, so what they were doing in the first half, they were going high in the tackle because... When Scotland go low and you're up against powerful teams, they get over the gain line, get over the gain line, get over the gain line. Try. So against France, what they did, they actually went high. They went to, for a higher tackle to slow the ball down and it worked for them. So their tackle selection, look at me talking. We love it. Their tackle selection and their breakdown skills in defence. So Steve Tandy, tip of the slipper for you, mate, because you've changed it up. They've played a certain way under Matt Taylor and I've heard that Gregor Townsend wanted a change. They need, needed to evolve. They need to do something around that. So that... And their scrum. Two really big positives for Scotland. And, uh, yeah, how good was the scrum? What was that all about? Very good. Well, Where did Fra- that come from? Yeah, France haven't got a great scrum, believe it or not. And Fraser Brown on his 50th. Oh, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing for them. Watched the game back this morning and I'm very happy to sit here and call myself a true Scotsman. Don't you love the way he just jumps from... Yeah, I've got a tweet on that actually uh, from Safe Hands uh, on Twitter has uh, asked, how Scottish will Jim be this week now they've actually won a match against a decent team? Well, the only thing he hasn't done is put on a Scottish accent. I, I do that. I, uh, I can't can do it. I'm drinking you can do it. I can do it. I'm doing it. You are. And I'm, I was delighted because ultimately it means at the minute England are top of the Six Nations. Whatever's going to happen in the future. They're talking about the 31st of October, but Ireland have obviously still got two games left. Scotland, they were good, weren't they? Did you see the picture of Jamie Ritchie's nose? It looked like it was squashed halfway across his face. Yeah. But he's bounced back. And I actually think on that, to be trying to be balanced, Jamie Ritchie should probably have got a yellow card. Because mm, he can run in. Yeah, but poor bloke gets absolutely belted by Hawass, and then he also gets absolutely ended by Gail Ficku at the same time. Yeah. So punch the face, then your ribs are taking a proper shot, and then you get up and get man of the match. You know, he's got a bit of, not history, uh, he's got an interesting backstory. He was in um, a Young Offenders for robbery, and he's been in trouble with the police before, and part of his deal to Montpellier is that he would adhere to the curfew that they had um, in order to let him out of the offender's Institute or whatever they call it in France, Instituteur in France. And um, so Montpellier have had an arm around him. He's punched one of his teammates and stuff in training. So he's got that kind of violent streak, if you want to call it that. So it's obviously just flared up. He's seen Jamie Ritchie coming in under miles an hour. Scotland were firing them up all game. Probably won't say much, but just doing it physically. And how us? I said, how's that? And uh, he's walked. He wasn't happy. He was shaking his head. I don't, I don't know. What's he shaking his head out there? Like... Is it the the only thing is he's probably thinking, you know, people are talking about he's still a picture and it's 
Jamie Ritchie pushing him away and now people are like he scraped his hands across his face and near his eyes and all that absolute rubbish it was pushing and shoving and then bang he's just slotted him with a decent right to be fair I think he's got it because he's not allowed that and why not now did the French boys get back on the plane alright do you reckon don't know what do you know what Couple of years they must ago. have made it into it anything, so no, yeah, no, so no, they must have done no, all right. No. Should Francois Quash have been sent off as well? No, for that tackle, nah. I, I, there's rugby situations, I think they handled it. Wayne Barnes and, and uh, Williams, the referee, uh, I thought they handled it really well. Mm. And they were under pressure. How Frank Murphy was there, yeah, big Frank. He was getting, involved, he was getting involved he in the scrap. How good did he look? He looked thin I'm amongst, you, amongst the so bodies. Good looking referee. In the Fit 15, I'd pick him. Yeah, he's got his uh, joggers on. He's got varicose vein. He won't like me saying that, but you can see it. So that's why his joggers are on the side. <laughs> mate, some, of us, some people do have varicose veins. Uh, some of us have cellulite, James. Do you have cellulite? Absolutely not. Oh, mate. Okay. You've got a varicose vein in your back. That's never seen that before. A what? A varicose vein in your back? No. Is that not? No. No, okay. What have you been looking at? Well, maybe it's an intestine. What do you know? Like? <laughs> I don't know. But um, I thought they handled it really well because it's not a dangerous tip tackle where he's driving him to the floor or anything like that. That would be a red card. It's a situation where he's gone low on his knees. He's tried to wrap and the, the motion has made him tip. But ultimately, you have to still have a degree of care about the player. And the fact that I think it's Vilemsa comes in as well adds to momentum. So I think the yellow card was the right decision in the end. And Jim, I'm going to say something that could be controversial for the rugby pod. I thought the referee in at the weekend was amazing. Mate, that's not controversial. Because we, all we do on here is bag referees. I not know they weren't the French. Not they weren't the French to both Kiwis, weren't they? Yep. But his explanation of what happened there, I agree totally. He says, mm. look, he hasn't lifted him. There's no force. He's kind of folded over him. Definitely Willems' involvement. He's the one, for, for me, could have been in trouble because he kind of takes him and he does drive him into the ground a wee bit. So he was the one that could have been in trouble for me. But it was a real... I thought the the officiating, I thought they handled it really, really well. And it was the same, well, I'm sure we'll get onto it later. It's the same with Ben O'Keefe in the England game. Me yeah. too. I just think that the only thing that's doing my head in at the minute about playing, I tweeted about it, of course I did, the offside line. Who's refereeing the offside line at the minute? And if you start refereeing the offside line, you're going to get a quicker game. You're going to get defences less dominant. So you're not going to have just a physical team breaking the barrier all the time and, and winning that way. You need space and to do that you need the you either need super quick ball where defences aren't organised or you need people to referee the offside line. It's just not it ain't being refereed. Speaking of defence, what do you think Sean Edwards would have said to OS after the game? Oh fucking don't punch him oh what have you done there? Kid? Oh you're not having tea bags. <laughs> oh I, I don't think it was just that though. So even before that happened, you know, they looked at six and sevens. I know Antomac goes off and Jalibert comes on me, old grey hair. What? Who dyes their hair grey? Mate, Castanier did, but he was carving up, mate. But it, so. his was definitely blonde. Mate, Jalibert, I mean, mate, you can't do that. Um, and, you know, he Jalibert's at fault for when Sam Johnson makes the break uh, and puts Sean Maitland away. I just, it was so French. We praised them massively on here, uh, and rightly so. And also, we've got to say now that that was a step back for them in how we all expect a French team to be away from home. And that'll be frustrating for Sean Edwards because they didn't have the intensity they've had in defence. They didn't look organised. And, you know, it'll be very frustrating. You could see the frustration in the coach's box uh, even before the red card. The red card's ludicrous. As a coach, there's, there's not a lot you can do about that. Apart I know. from say, what the hell are you doing? I know, no. Well, we can have a chat now to someone who can give us an insight into both Scotland and France coach Fabian Galtier. Former Scotland international Johnny Beatty joins us. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you guys? You well? We're very good, mate. We're very good. We can't work out whether we're all in danger with the virus or not. But we are here and everything's going well. Talk to us, mate. Um, you've been out in the media quite a lot, but retirement 
it's come to us all and it's now come to you so how's things how's that treating you buddy no good honestly um not missing it which is a relief because you see a lot of people retire and they miss it a lot but just enjoying getting into different things enjoying not being sore anymore um and just enjoying the different sort of things that the life after rugby is throwing at me so set the scene for us mate you're uh, obviously i can hear it in your voice you're actually scottish whereas jim isn't um but you're <laughs> where, where are you living at the minute so you, you obviously spent the last eight years of your career playing out in france uh where's home now yep. what, what's is it chomage um it is fromage fromage free we are we're just based outside Biarritz um on the southwest coast so we'll be there certainly for the next two years i'll be dipping back and forth um and doing little bits of work in the uk and in france so so it's been good fun it's been a good start it's been different and challenging uh, but i'm really enjoying it johnny talk to me about the killer bees back in the day playing for glasgow winning <laughs> winning a coke park for ireland i mean how good yeah, it was good fun, and it it was nice to be tagged with the the killer bees. Um, by press was good fun, and like Kelly and John really enjoyed it. I thought it was a little bit cringe at the time. Well, mate, it, it wasn't the killer bees; it was BBH. That's what it was called. So, well, the boys they even give them nobody knows this, but they even gave themselves bee nicknames. So Kelly was Worker Bee. John was Bumblebee. Oh and they my called goodness, me, mate! I they just table. I got Melby because I wasn't interested. So. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I tell you what, we were so loose back then; it was crazy. <laughs> like we were literally absolute nutters. Good fun, Jim. Um, talk to us a little bit about the weekend then, because you've uh, been quite vocal around uh, the French team because we know Fabien. Well, you know him a lot better than me. And um, being in France and where this French team are. So we know it was a very French performance of, uh, of old going back, but just give us mm-hmm. your kind of insight to what you thought it was. Yes, so more generally, I think it's great for the tournament that we've actually seen a bit of classic France. They've been pretty poor for 10 years now, to be honest. So as much as I know you've got your reservations, Jim, Fabian's still the best technical attack coach I ever worked with. I know you didn't understand much of what he said back then, but... He is decent, mate. And when you stick him with Sean Edwards, they've got a fairly formidable pair. So the fact that they knocked off England, they knocked off Wales, um, it's decent to see them back in the tournament and, and good for the Six Nations. But, you know, I thought it was a big sort of tip of the cap for Gregor Townsend and his team yesterday. They actually figured out how to beat their blitz. Um, I don't think Wayne Pivak or Eddie Jones managed that. Um, I thought their kicking strategy was great. They stopped the blitz, they cross-field kicked, they got in behind them and really posed them problems, which other teams haven't done. So it, it was great to win in that fashion. Um, I know other things played a part, yellow cards, red cards, but I thought the way they approached it, the way they kicked them to death and beat that blitz with little smart plays was, was pretty good. So it was a really good day. So I want to hear a bit more about Fabian Gautier because Jim's always painted this picture that he's an absolute cowboy, yet you're saying he's the best attacking technical coach that you've ever had. You must have some yeah. good stories about him from your time at... Uh, Montpellier and where those glasses come from I mean tell the glasses that I don't know he looks like Batman I don't know he looks good Um, but the thing he's loved mate the Frenchies absolutely love him you see him on TV commentating um, and he's an actor like he's really good at acting Um, the guy you see on there is this charming handsome bloke and then again with us he could be absolutely mental so he was dragging boys around the pitch screaming at them calling them fat pigs dragging them by the ear if you're not in the right position I remember pretty much the final nail in Jim's coffin was Fabian's best mate Mario Ledesma I remember us playing at Bayon Jim and uh, like we were really proud of being over there and it was on Sky Sports at the time and uh, Jim's calling the lineouts and defensive lineouts and not jumping the camera pans to Mario and he shouts Jim Jim jump you fucking asshole we pay you to jump um and mate it was just next level it was the wild west so you got fabian who he is he's a talented bloke his attack stuff was amazing um he brought in that blitz defense he shot he saw with sean edwards and the south african team back in the noughties and, and wales, sorry wales and, and 
Wasp used it as well. So he is a good coach, but it's really loose. It's a completely different environment. And I think, Jim, after that Bayonne game, you were out the door about three months later. Um, so it's not for everybody. We had some boys rock up to the club with anxiety problems, with stomach cramps. They had to go and see psychologists. Some boys retired. Um, so it was tough. I mean, luckily he was good with me um, and, and a decent bloke with me. Um, but yeah, he, he was a tough, tough old bloke and um, talented, but was capable of completely burning bridges, um, destroying club cultures, environments, whatever you like. Um, but even back then, we said he was hard to work with, but he'd be awesome as a national team coach. So you're with him for like six, seven, eight weeks, and that's it. You get to get away, recover, uh, and mentally regather yourself because he'd be good at directing a national team, but terrible to work with every day for two, three years. So I think he's found the right place. That's the right place for him. He's done a good job. Um, he's led a bit of a mini renaissance. Um, and the Frenchies absolutely love him. Yeah, I agree with Jim then. He's an absolute cowboy. If you're treating people like that, if he's calling anyone a fat pig, I'm not having it. Well, mate, my thing is is the stomach cramps didn't come from shouting at people, mate. It come from the 500 croissants that you had to eat a day, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. That was it. You used to have croissants for lunch. Breakfast and dinner as well. So, mate, that's but that's not changed him. Like even at, I was at Cast two years ago, and our pre-match meal two, three years ago, sorry, was goat's cheese pizzas, steak and chips, and cans of coke and ice cream. Oh, how um, good! How good! <laughs> it's amazing, but it hasn't moved on. But once they get hold on properly professionalizing their rugby, they're going to be unbelievable because the natural talent they have in the depth is freakish. So, um, it's almost for our own good sakes that they aren't where they should be yet. So basically, Fabian hated Jim because he couldn't understand French and he couldn't understand rugby. All right, is that what it is? Well, it's just different, by it, mate. So, like uh, Jim, obviously, we played together for a long time. You need like the emotional buy-in to buy into the culture of the club. You need to feel welcomed, and you you don't get that in France. It's wild. What you're there, you're paid to play and do a job a certain way, and if doesn't matter how big your name is if, if you're not welcomed or enjoyed properly you get carted straight back out so mate jim you'd made up your mind after three months it wasn't for you and you went back to saris um and it isn't for everyone because it is completely loose but it's an experience that i loved um and it's been great fun mate you think me driving around on my harley davidson uh, i've got bruce in this sidecar next to me <laughs> driving up the lagange in, the, in le montaigne smoking a cigar i won't i just had the cigar in my mouth i didn't light it but i look cool as shit that i would have loved it I had a swimming pool in the back garden but john you are right it's not for everyone. And um, look, we always said that Fabian was going to do well. So where do they go now as a team, do you think? So, I mean, they can point to the red card and say that obviously that's um, the reason why they lost the game. There's obviously no game next weekend. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of get a gauge where we're at. It's probably difficult to talk about, you know, them winning the championship because it's not going to be played until October, it seems. Well, I don't know. They've got loads of lessons to learn. You know, they were on course for a grand slam. A what? And a, a grand slam. Um, that? and they, and That's what we call it in Scotland, mate. That's what we call it in Scotland. Because if you get it, it's a and, slam. And, and they weren't too far away, but now it's not to be. I mean, the boy Momo Huas, the big tight head prop, he was a guy that was targeted by Scotland. They knew that he was loose. I don't know if you remember the clip of him trying to knock out Bismarck Duplessis in a warm-up from Montpellier last season. I do. So, I mean, like, loose as a goose, but they've got the nuts and bolts and a coaching team now with added steel that they could actually go places so they've got little lessons to learn they, they didn't control the first 20-30 minutes very well at all they were obviously overly emotional and imploded and if they get a handle on that I mean they've got talent in every position now and a decent coaching team around them so they could build around these young boys and be pretty pretty good uh, over the next couple of years Alright Johnny thank you very much for joining us really appreciate your time mate No worries Cheers guys Cheers Johnny Cheers, Cheers Johnny Thanks mate He's just buried you Jim but Good lad. Good lad. Good lad. Good lad. He, he saved Bruce's life. Oh, did he? life. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So when I was uh, by the pool, um, Harley Davidson was parked on the driveway. And in I the was, budgies? 
Uh, no, I didn't know. Oh. I don't know. These budgies, I get these budgies ones. They're really loose at the front, like the pouch. Well, what do you think that is? I don't know. grow the bush, No, mate. it's my ass. My ass isn't big enough. Um, Bruce was next to me, and he's eating something on the floor. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? Is that a bit of steak? Is that, you know, the fish that I've just caught with, with my fishing rod? No, he's eating a hornet. Next thing, his face is blown up like a balloon. Do you think I can speak French? <laughs> I'm like, the balloon, the balloon, Bruce, the balloon, balloon. The Didn't shen. know what to say. This, yeah, the Shen. I've I've gone to Johnny because Johnny was fluent in French. He says, mate, the Shen. He said, mate, just speak English. I said, Bruce is fucked. <laughs> I said, we need to get into a vet. Where is a vet? So if it weren't for Johnny, we would have lost Bruce uh, in France. But luckily, he got some uh, antihistamine. And uh, yeah, he was back in the sidecar in no time. But it's interesting you talk about, and I asked him then, it's actually quite nice. When you do retire in France, and for people listening, perhaps wouldn't have understood what I said, but I said on the chômage and he said yeah fromage fray fromage fray but the chômage in france is you get 23 months pay so when you retire in france you get 23 months pay whilst looking for another job at about i think is it five and a half or six thousand euros a month it was five and a half when i was there yeah which so, i didn't take obviously because yeah, i went to Paris and played but yeah so he's retired at there so he, he now knows it's quite good for it's brilliant for him actually that he can stay there for a couple of years while looking for work uh post-retirement uh, and take 23 months of maybe five and a half, six thousand euros a month chômage and uh, try and formulate a new career because he's doing well in the media as well, isn't he? Mate, he is. And Johnny was one of them players, like you mentioned it. And you get different characters, don't you? And it's probably a good thing to talk about. KV never played in France. Goody played uh, for breath down in Breve. So for me, it was, I wanted more from Fabian and the coaches. I, I, I was about, you know, we joke about it, but I was about preparation. I wasn't a naturally gifted player, believe it or not. Were you not? Nah. Yeah, I thought you were, people, I thought you were he's humble. Of, you're humble. Of, yeah, I'm such a humble, humble, humble man. I thought you were one of the top 10 second rows in the, in the world. This work is my ethic. point. This, the, KV said it. Work ethic. Moaning. Preparation. Moaning. Honesty. Yeah, okay, honesty. honesty. Yeah, yeah. So I needed to be a player that had that preparation, the lead up, knew what I was doing on the pitch. Physio was there. Nutrition was there. And... Nutrition, mate. You used to be the size of the house. Exactly. But it wasn't a great house. No, it was, mate, it was a good house, mate. It was built on unbelievable <laughs> foundations. Exactly. And I'm walking out training with Randy Ranger. He's got a fag in his mouth. I've got a cigar, but it's not lit. England, 33. Wales, 30. A tight game in the end, but didn't really reflect the actual game, did it? Go on, Goody. Here we go. No, this, it, no it didn't. And, 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 and rightfully so. You know, England, it's happened a, a, a little bit in our last two games. We've been so dominant. But you look at the table now, as an England player, are you frustrated that you didn't get the bonus point try? I think everyone would say yes. Because that, that dominance that we had, 33-16 or whatever it was at, at one point, every time we kind of flicked the switch and turned it on, we looked really good, didn't we? I thought George Ford played exceptionally well. We were physical. Courtney Laws, ridiculous how good he was. Uh, Curry was massive. Manu carried big and then obviously got sent off. Should Joe Marler have got sent off? for his um here geni- we go yeah. here we go come on because we've been very slow in the build-up well so. we, we talked about the big game yesterday didn't we the scotland game uh, but yeah i tweeted about it of course oh, no did. how many more Did followers you? off it how many I more said, followers would I, don't, you say? I don't count followers mate i'm not a couple like thousand, you. though. who knows <laughs> you don't count followers um, you, you sit there and i, I tweet I, I, I question whether it should have been a yellow card at the time it turns out he's now been cited so the citing officer feels it was a red card decision uh, that could have been made and um yeah that would have changed the game a lot but it didn't happen he didn't get red carded and england were very dominant so a three-point win does it the, the, the things that bother me about england's performance nothing on the field in terms of the actual ruggers just a bit of behavioral issues and it starts you always go back to it. eddie jones what is he saying after the game? Saying it was 16 against 13 and then you get asked the question, what do you mean by that? He's like, work it out yourself. 
he's popping at the ref. You cannot say that. He's always had this rule that he wouldn't talk about refereeing decisions. So he goes from being semi-respectful over time to not really talking about referees post-match to saying the worst thing you can say, basically saying the referee was on their side cheating or whatever. It was crazy. And I actually sit back and I think there's sometimes, and we joke about on here, you talk about me being an arrogant Englishman, and I can now kind of start to see why people don't like the English. That's my point. So that's why I wanted to highlight the way that Scotland go about their business. Because yes, we might not be the best rugby nation in the world. And yes, we might not have star qualities littered over. And yes, we might not have lads that bat their chest all the time. But you look at the respect in which the guys take to the field, the respect they have with the referees, uh, the respect that Hoggy's got within the team, the way that they've dealt with the Finn Russell situation, which initially I didn't agree, but you actually look at the performances now and Adam Hastings, like KV said, his performance. That's my point. Look at the way that Gregor Townsend goes about his business. You know, we like, I, I love the crack, clearly. You know, you saw my tweets at the weekend, and I'm sure we'll get into that after, but you're right. Your coach sets a precedent of how you can behave and how you encourage your players to do things. I'm all for characters coming out of the game and all them kind of things but there are question marks in the game and it's happening more and more there was an issue with Dan Bigger as well the way that he was speaking to the referee love Dan Bigger amazing player but at what point does someone step in and say that isn't acceptable and at what point does your coach step in for England and say you know these things that we're seeing off the ball you know you've got Farrell slapping George North on the back you know you've got Sinclair, who's come out and said that he's improved his behaviour, which he has done, and rightly so, because he's a world-class tight head now. Well, that's the thing. You speak about Sinclair. You go back a year, and I said on this podcast, I said, he cost England the game in Cardiff. Right, A year later, he's come out with it, and he said it himself, and everyone he listened to you. chastised me and went, oh, no, he, was ama- he had an amazing game. That's very true, actually. That, that's that's a re- And you know what? I saw that today. I saw that in an article t- today where, in his words... He, he felt that after that, he needed to change his behaviour. And he has. And he has. He's and been brilliant. We, we might beg to differ on the Joe Marler situation that we talk about. But the, like you said, the tweet that you put out and the world that we live in, you took a lot of shit for that. Yeah. And, you know, you live by the sword and you die by yeah, yeah. the and that, sword. And, that's the thing. and now you look at the way Carl Sinclair's handling himself now, and he's still a brilliant player. There's none of the other business that's going on with it. So we haven't talked about that for ages. And you said you used to say about Carl Sinclair, he best be hard, you know, because of the way he's acting. Now look at Joe Marler. So Joe Marler has gone the complete other way, and he's doing it all for attention. He's doing it to get uh, noticed and profile. And that's okay, but there's there's clearly a line. So he did it the other week against Sale, didn't he? Elbowed one of the Dupree boys, didn't he? Or, yeah. or pushed him in the face, whatever. And he's trying to like be this lad on the field where you're courting a bit of controversy and trying to be funny and everyone to build a media profile and like you. He's shouting the, at the ref as well with a long rook. Yeah, the fact well. is, you're a rugby player. So what you're doing now, it's obviously different to what Carl Sinclair was doing, but it, it's still having a negative impact on, on you as a rugby player. And like Guzzy went mad at him a couple of weeks ago when he, they played Sale. He gets yellow carded, game changes. Uh, they get hosed in the end away from home, didn't they, against Sale? And part of that was the discipline and that. And then he's he's still doing stuff at Twickenham, grabbing grabbing someone's genitals. I don't care whether you say it's a work environment or not. Doing that in front of millions of people on TV and people go, oh, yeah, the extra boys do it to each other. You're doing it to an opposition player. And Alan Jones, I thought, summed it up perfectly. If you'd have punched him in the face, Alan Jones gets sent off. And then you sat there going, should Joe Marler have been sent off? But to act like that on the grand stage that is the Six Nations on TV... Millions of people, millions of kids, and everyone goes rugby banter, rugby banter, lad banter. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Looking at that um, incident with Joe Mather and Elwyn Jones, what was your first 
reaction? Because I know you've all had time to think about it now and you're like, it's wrong. It could be a 12-week ban. What was your first initial reaction? I laughed. And that probably sums me up, doesn't it? I, I don't know what, you know, this is the thing. I can only, I'd be lying if I said to you I didn't find it funny. So people who say how you can find that funny is ridiculous. But that's your opinion. And this is the conversation that me and Goody have on the podcast, that me and Goody have away from the podcast. And we talk about people's opinions on anything on the way that we live our life, on the way way that you bring up your children, on what you think is right, what you think is wrong, what you think is normal. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Now, you look at my reaction, the initial part of it is everyone's loving it. Look at ITV. You look at Goody's tweet, and a lot of people are going nuts at him. But you look now, you look now, and you look at the momentum and the shift, and people are starting to realize, actually, he might have a point, as in Goody, this is the unfortunately the world that we live in now, or fortunately for the for the better. And there's talk of it being sexual assault. He hasn't. He's not sexually assaulted anyone. That's I think a ridiculous thing to say. If he's sexually assaulted someone, then Manu's attempted to murder someone on the pitch. You're on a rugby pitch. It's a very different place. But I also understand, and I've been in the situation before. So you know, for example, if you know me and Goody were playing, maybe it's the time that we played. And, you know, I flick one of your others up or something like that. <laughs> you probably would have got away with it. I think it's the time now that we live in. I think this is the point of, of everything is I'm laughing about it. But the point in time that we live in, it's just something that you seem to can't do. And it's banter, all right? And people want to get away from lad banter or whatever. Yes, the Exeter players do it amongst themselves and stuff like that. And, you know, we laugh about it. But I think the fact that it is Joe Marler and he's trying to build this persona away from it the game is on national tv and we spoke about the viewership when we're chatting about the paywall stuff the millions of people would have been watching that and it's naturally going to come into question i don't think we'll get a 12-week ban because he the 12-week ban around it is when you grab someone's genitals right and you do it probably in malice he's done it because he thinks he's being funny it doesn't say in malice at all in in the laws it doesn't say in malice so the laws are there and my take on it is yeah, you look at it I'm like what, what, why do that no one else in the world is doing that whether on a rugby field or off the field that's the thing no one else will do that Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing you've said there's three things that you would never think is acceptable on a rugby field what are those three things yeah I said gouging biting and grabbing grabbing the old boys alright but uh, the thing, like, and this is the thing a lot of people are saying to me oh you, you know you've done stuff on it I never never flex anyone's old boy but and then they say but yeah but you're talking about them on your podcast well you don't have to listen to our podcast you can listen to it if you want and we're clearly jesting about it it's a big th- difference i think yeah but i was like you as well jim initially like i sniggered to me like i had a bit of a cackle and i thought like to me when i see something like that that is like when you're sitting in a room and somebody farts do you know what i mean the, the child in that's me not at all just but the child in me different no but that's what he thought initially that's that was what my that the child in me just thought you know had a, had a bit of a laugh you know as time's gone on yeah i think it's a very very tough issue for world rugby actually because it is a massive stage and do you want to say I, I don't think World Rugby can say that that is okay. But the child in me laughed at the start. You know, so as you said, Jim, have I kind of changed my viewpoint? Maybe, you know, I, I think they, I don't think that you can stand behind that World Rugby and go, we are happy that that is the game. Uh, we are happy for kids 
learning values honesty through rugby that it's yeah. okay to do that um so th- they have to act but uh, you know if i'm being totally honest like uh, at the start i kind of had a bit of a chuckle but that's the where we've come from i think and that's where times are changing and we can only go based on our experiences right and i tweeted then i took it down i used to go train every day and i'd be in the change room with me top off i could barely touch my knees and ashley would kick open the door and say here he is he used to call me brendan you look like a bag of sick every single day. And even now, I'm not bothered. I find it hilarious. But now, with everything that's going on in the world, is that play on? I couldn't give a shit if he said that to me every day for the rest of my life, genuinely. And I'm saying that. I couldn't give a shit if Joe Marley goes around flicking people with bollocks. I'm not bothered either way. My point is being now is the fact that we're here talking about it and we've got a platform to talk about it. And just going back to your point again, it's where, where we're from, isn't it? In terms of time in life. And you go back years and years ago, the stuff that was play on that is clearly not play on now. What That's what I said. What a time to be alive. I would completely understand why they would be thinking that that is way out of line. There's not one part of me that thinks it was sexual assault. But there's a big part of me that can clearly understand why they'd be annoyed why they feel the need to tweet about it and why, why they feel and I'm sure they're, they're pushing and will be pushed and will happen, will Rugby will have to step in and say, look, no, this isn't acceptable. I don't think Marla will do it again. Yeah, he certainly won't do it again. World Rugby has come out and said that it, they're not going to do anything and it's up to Six Nations to do something. Deny, deny, mate. Just hide behind it. Yeah, and that's the thing because it's the tournament and they've cited them. What World Rugby can do, if they're not happy with the process and, and the outcome at the end of the citing then they could take further steps if they feel that either a severe enough punishment hasn't been handed out or if the punishment is too severe. Yeah, you know, he's been cited. We'll see how the process step, you know, finishes off. Um, in this day and age, there aren't many rugby players acting like that, if any. There's a, there's a line in everything we do in life, and that's clearly, you know, he's overstepped the line. Well, these two talked about it, Gertie, and I want to ask you as well, because you initially tweeted, um, and it looked like you thought it was a bit of banter, and then, At no point did my tweet ever say it looked like a bit of banter. So I, I've actually called it out there and said, should it have been a yellow card? I said, he's trying to work out how big Alan Wynne-Jones' bush is. Yellow banter, card. Banter ye- yellow card so question. Could be yellow card question. Banter. What I'm saying at, what I'm saying in it, and when I tweeted it, is like, how is that not a yellow card? How has it not been looked at? Alan right. Wynne-Jones has said it. Everyone sees it. And again, Alan Wynne-Jones, Alan Wynne-Jones says, the TMO's there. And how many times have we said on here, the TMO's having his biscuits or he's gone for a poo or whatever, he's missed stuff. But then... There's a sighting, so... It shows the world we live in. That's what I mean. And that's my big point in all of this. It's not for us to sit here and say, that's play on or it's not play on or you should laugh or you shouldn't laugh because I'm telling you now, 80% of people would have laughed and the majority of people now will look back on it and be understand the reasons why they shouldn't have laughed. Exactly. But that sh- sums up where we are mm. in this time, not just in sport, but in bloody life. And Jim, on that, there's nothing wrong with having a laugh and then actually developing your understanding yeah. and changing your opinion. 100%. Sort of both of us have slightly on it. You know, there's nothing wrong with admitting, you know, I thought that was funny. And then as the dust settles and you think about it a bit more and then like you develop a bit of an understanding. I think, I think it's uh, like, I, and, I, and, no, and, you I know, you're right. everything's so black and white. It doesn't have to be. And the thing is, you have to be careful in life because, you know, as much as everyone's like, oh, it's banter, banter, lads, lads, lads. And we, we you know, we, we all love a laugh and stuff like that. The amount of messages I had from people, private messages, saying, I completely agree with what you're saying, but I haven't got the confidence to say it. You know, I put one out there about, uh, I had the permission of the of the mum to say, hey, this is what's happened. It's, they're role models. You, you just can't do what Joe Marler's done to an opposition player 
grabbing his genitals and he'll get banned and that's you know he probably regrets it now but he did message me on uh sunday and asked me if i could introduce him to his hair surgeon how weird is this how weird is this right he's messaged goody after the game asking about a hair surgeon is he actually yes, yeah. i've seen the message yeah Trey so, bizarre mate don't worry about the hair surgeon mate get some vitamins down you big fella hey you're gonna have some time to eat them that's all <laughs> sons um but yeah you're right we're all allowed opinions uh and just the uproar of everyone when you've got an opinion on one side or the other that's life isn't it guys was the refereeing decision about Manu Tuolangi right, do you think? Eddie Jones didn't seem to think so. It's a red card all day long for me. 100%. I mean, Eddie Jones, and I've warmed to him. And Have you gone cold again now? A little bit. Just because of the things that we've spoken about on the show, the way that rugby is now with the values, and this has got nothing to do with the Marla incident. It's more the stuff that happens, the interactions, weirdly enough, Maybe it isn't weird. I was at Twickenham on Wednesday doing an interview with Tony Spreadbury and I sp- spoke to a few of the referees there. Spreaders. And they were talking yeah, Spreaders. Spread Eagle. And um, it, we were talking about the Christoph Ridley situation. They were talking about how they dealt with that and how they deal with it in, in-house and the pressures that they're under and the pressures they put on themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Can you divulge on the Christoph Ridley, Ridley incident? Yeah. He basically said that he was due to be the linesman for, this, uh, for the weekend's games just gone. But... If he was due to referee the match, Tony Sprebury could move him away from refereeing the match and kind of put him on the naughty step and make him be linesman, for example, or vice versa. He could put him from linesman to be referee and they can they can jig it around like that. And they get judged on their performances to do that. And Tony Sprebury thought that it was fine for him to run the line, but he didn't feel as if he wanted to upgrade him to go out there and try and prove everyone wrong and, and the fact that he made a mistake and that, you know, he can come back from it. So yeah. for listeners, it's the, the Quinn's Exeter mistake, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was the, it was the big one, wasn't it? It was around the, the penalty um, try decision um, from Exeter Harlequins. We had Adam Jones talking last week. Harlequins got the penalty try. And Tony Spreadbury gave me the insight. He said, like, yeah, he said they weren't in there questioning whether he'd made the decision. He came in and said, mate, <laughs> I've made the wrong decision. Yeah. And, and he's held his hands up. So... There's all this talk around the referees and Wayne Barnes came, came out and said that they're human beings at the end of the day and they're the guys that get the brunt of the abuse. But And then when you've got Eddie Jones on TV, the referees don't have the platform on TV. Tony Sprebri was saying he doesn't want them on social media. And how good was it after that incident to see Rob Baxter? You know, he kind of came out and was like, look, we could have done other things in the game to have met us won the game. And you just thought, like, there you go. And that's a comparison with Eddie Jones. And we're talking about role models and setting examples. And you have Eddie Jones making comments. I am the same with Eddie Jones. You know, I was sort of going, this guy maybe is a genius. Now, what are you at? 16v13, like he's, the Ellis Gens yellow card has to be a yellow, he's warned them, the red card, if you actually listen to O'Keefe's wording, he's applied the law book perfectly, um, he said it's never legal, so we can't mitigate, it's with force, shoulder to the head, he has made the perfect decision there, and I think it sets a really bad precedent for a coach to come out and make comments like that. How lucky is George North as well, with his history that he's I thought, had? I thought it was barcode again, mate. Can you imagine how scared his family must be watching him play? Yeah. Now, and then you see that unfold. Love Manu, and Manu puts in some big shots, like we saw one, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago, in the Calcutta Cup on Sam Johnson. What about the first minute against Bigaroo? Exactly. Like, that is, how well, I mean, how well did he play? But that's that, that tackle Manu against Bigger with Tom Curry, that's half an inch from being mm. a red card. But that's the edge that he lives on. He's brilliant. And going back to George North, and he was awesome. Mm. He actually went out. And people questioned him, didn't they? You questioned him. I've questioned him, yeah. And his physicality. Because and it must be a massive thing when you've had that many concussions mm. and injuries. You're a big bloke, but sometimes you've got players that punch above their weight. 
and he's struggled with form, with fitness, with concussions. And it's clearly confidence, isn't it? But he was unbelievable. At he, the was, he was. He was firing class. into absolutely everything. Yeah, he was. Yeah, fair play. Um, to him. So he was outstanding, and we're just glad that you know he didn't get concussed. And it's a red card all day long for me. Were you surprised that Beggar played the full eighty? Were you, James? Because you said there's no chance. I don't think he was going to play. You said, said it. it. I said it as the expert. The way he went off against Northampton. No chance. Did you think he was going to play? No chance. No, I didn't say no chance. I was surprised, but you were like, no chance. Yeah, I, don't think he was, yeah, I thought he, the way that he, he went down Lazarus. and he's hard as well, bigger. And when he took that first shot off the high ball as well, you're thinking, oh no, he's off. He's not. He's a warrior. Gave him a little bit of stick earlier about him speaking to the referee, but I love bigger room. Always have done. I would love, loved him to be my 10 as much as he probably wanted me to be his vice captain. <laughs> Some of the Six Nations games, he he has acted a bit of a fool on the field in terms of referee, the Birdman stuff going on. And I didn't see a lot of that from him at the weekend. No, well, I think you you imagine his build-up and the Welsh players as well with Matthew J. Watkins, everything that they had to go through in the the lead-up to that. So I think looking at Wales, and I said it last year, I love Wales. They just will not lie down, will they? You know what I mean? Any other team, you're there at Twickenham, the momentum's against you completely. You're thinking, right, they're, they're laying down. Wales just goo. They just, they love it, don't they? They absolutely love it. And I feel for Pivak because three losses makes it look like it's been a disaster. And some people might think it has, but I'm looking at their performances. You know, Nick Nick Tom kids again. Outstanding. Told you. Mm. Oh, to- oh, we know. Oh, I told you though. Like his fight that, after uh, his fight after contact when he's been here. So just keeps gooing. That Tipperick try, the first oh, one good. after, yeah. and we he catches that ball, footwork, pass, second touch. Unbelievable play. Just naturally gifted. They're evolving how they play as well, aren't they? Um, well, their defence is poor. Now. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, their attack's that, that's, better. That's the thing. Their attack looks better, but their defence looks... But he's going to be judged on winning games. People are like, oh, he's got a four-year deal. They ain't going to swap him now. Like, he's a very good coach. Stephen Jones is a good coach as well, who's transcended both the end of Gatlin's era and now this one. And post-World Cup, there's always, you know, a weird Six Nations. And you won't get any weirder than this because of the game's being canned, etc. But... It's not all doom and gloom in Wales. They're, they're bad performance. Although England should have beaten them by more than three points. You know, they're in the game. They scored a world of a try. They've unearthed Tompkins, who's English, but wants to play for Wales because Eddie said no. You know, they've got some quality players. They'll be all right. And just on Eddie Jones as well, um, just to go back to him, he made a comment on the weekend that he's not enjoying coaching and anyone that says they are is lying. What do you guys make of that? Especially because he'll be discussing his future soon, won't he? It's Eddie being Eddie, isn't it? I agree with him, though. I don't know a coach that enjoys coaching. Or doesn't look stressed. Jordy Murphy looks like he's about 70. Yeah, the stress is with it, but I don't agree with every coach hates their job. There's, I, I don't think... The stress and strains yeah. of every job, though. Whether you're a player, I hate your pre-season. But I love playing at the weekend. <laughs> but then if you lose, you play like a twat and you, you're getting pelters and it takes a few days to get over it. The highs and lows of coaching, like the highs and lows of playing, Eddie's, it's attention-seeking again. And he's talking about, at the minute, he's going to have a conversation... And he, he said about he's going to meet Bill Sweeney for, for dinner in a couple of weeks and talk about his contract. And then he's just going to take the Triple Crown with him and show him that. I'm like, the bloke just shoots from the hip and just talks Mate, gibberish. They might drink soup out of it. I want to get back into rugby. You know, I'm feeling it again. Have a day off. Maybe you. not as a player. Maybe not as a player. But um, You're in rugby with the podcast. Yeah, you know. But like the cold face. Like, you know, like general manager or something like Ibanez. That'd be cool. Just stand up the pitch and just shout at people. He looks hard as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks like, yeah, I'm going to get a suit on, look like I'm a... You said you don't look uh, good in a suit. Very true. So I'll just put shorts and a suit shirt on. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think he'll renew his contract? Mm. I think he will. Yeah, I mean, look, he, let's not forget what he's done. He took him to a final and they're doing all right in the Six Nations, aren't they? 
There must be questions, though, up there. They must be thinking similar to what we're thinking and a lot of other people are thinking. Well, I, I actually believe that perhaps someone should look at what he said at the weekend in reference to Ben O'Keefe and some sort of disciplinary action should be a warning or something about his conduct because what in-house or uh, do you mean either, either or either or because you can't you can't say that about a referee as the head coach especially on that decision as well where yeah. it's i mean it's crazy to think that it's not a red card yeah but if you're the ceo and we never know what's going on behind closed doors but if you're bill sweeney surely you're saying to him eddie you've got to stop there's gonna be parameters here where we want you to be engaging we want you to you know run the ship of england rugby as you see fit but you can't say some of the things you say in the press. Like that Ben O'Keefe one, that's bring the game into disrepute for me. But I think he's going to see out the job, extend him to the World Cup, and then we'll see where the land lies then. The Guinness Pint Predictor is on for the Six Nations on the Match Pint app, and you can win pints of Guinness each week during the tournament as well, as match tickets and much, much more, all by just predicting the outcome of the Guinness Six Nations fixtures every week. You can download the free Match Pint app and enter the code RUGBYPOD to join our league and go up against the likes of Jim and Goody and over 4,000 of our listeners who have done so already. How are you guys going? Are you going to ride or? Well, well I mean, still winning? only two games. Uh, probably. There's only two games. <laughs> probably. Um, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have bet against You didn't my team. back your own team. No, I didn't. Did you, no, because no, I'm desperate to win the Guinness match point predictor. So I didn't. I didn't back them. I had England by 12, I think, and I had France by 8. But I'm glad I'm proved wrong. It's always nice to, when you've picked against your team, it's a win win on the match point predictor. That's the way I'm looking at so it. So what did you pick over Scotland or France? I picked France by 4. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, it's fat fingers again. I just pressed the wrong one. Um, but, Jim, yeah, you are. 563rd in the Guinness Match Point Predictor Rugby Pod League. You've dropped a fair few places, though. Yeah, I have. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was the um, better than against, but I deserve to. See, there's no complaints here. I deserve to. But we have a new leader. Who? Ed Ralph. uh, 182 points. Uh, Albertus van Rensburg in second with his French flag. Uh, He's had two perfect games with 173. And then, what a name this is. Miles Bull. Ball. Uh, third with 170. Uh, and Jim, you've got 124 points. And you, mate? Mate, you can't count high enough. You didn't have a good enough maths teacher to count high enough to find out where I am down the bottom of the league. Uh, well, that's what I need to know. That, that tells me you're near the bottom. Uh, 3,164th or something. Well, there's only one game for you to catch up with in round five uh, as things stand. As If it does go ahead, Wales-Scotland, how do you see that panning out? How good if Scotland win? Tell the match bonus, that is all I'm saying. Really? I don't know what it is. Well, there we go. Uh, tough one to call now, isn't it? A lot of momentum with Scotland, but they go away from home. Their away record is poor. I'm going to go Wales by six. I, I, I genuinely think, look at me now. You don't, don't think don't anything. Don't do it, Jim. Don't do it. Scotland can win. I, I think that game at the weekend, albeit against 14 men, and France did slightly come back into it at the weekend. Like Cave said, if they can sort out their breakdown... And Wales' defence isn't the same. If Wales' defence was as good as it has been, I'd be thinking differently. I just think that we can make line breaks. That's what I think. And I think that with a little bit of star quality that we've got in and around the back row and the scrum, I think we're going to win. Scotland by 10. Oh, dreaming. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And if you're tuning into this for the first time or you've listened to it before, we've got a new feature, haven't we, Jim? Yes, I have. It's called Jim will solve it. Get it? And it's a riddle. So any riddles you have, send them in. Riddle me this, riddle me that. If I solve your riddle, I'll show you my appeal. Um, anyway, last week, there was a bit of interaction of, of, mm. of the millions of people stopping me in the street saying they didn't get it. They didn't get the two fathers, two sons, three eggs. They didn't get it. But this week, what have you brought to the table, Andy Rowe? What has a head, a tail, is brown and has no legs? Oh, what, what has head? a head, a tail, 
A snail? Is brown and has no legs. So hang on. So what has a head, what has a tail, and is brown? A snail. It's got no legs. Do snails have legs? It's got no fans. Head tail. Got it. Head tail. Got it. Have you got it? I know what it is. Have you got it? I, I don't got, know. I've, got, I've an, got an answer. I've got an issue with it, though. What? I've just got an issue with the colour. Why? Well, I'll see if you get the right answer. I've got it, because I I've, I've initially thought it was a snail. Yeah. And now I'm going to say it's a coin, a brown coin, so it's a two-pence piece. Am I right? Well, it's actually a penny, James. Mm. It's a penny, so you're incorrect. But incorrect, yeah. Which means a penny. Why and they're made of copper. Me? They're made of right. copper, so, you know, brown, you know... Mm. Semantics. That could be a snail as well, though, couldn't it? Could, de- uh, could be a brown snake. You've definitely Googled that, though, Jim, haven't you? I swear on my life, I haven't. Let's say uh, I got a coin, copper. my word. Good it's close. Copper. Yeah, 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 coin, I'll take brown it. Brown snake. Yeah, so if you like that, riddle me this, riddle me that. I'm going to go home and show my slippers on the floor and put them on and by the fire and put my cigar in my mouth and not light it. Should we have a look at some social media questions? Oh, God, let's go on, then. Ollie James, for two games on the trot, Farrell has given away needless penalties for post-whistle afters. Does he need to calm down or is his passion his biggest strength and how often do professionals really lose their heads? Good, he's answered the question about the England team. You've got Eddie Jones at the helm, you've got Owen Farrell, both world-class in their line of work and I think Goody's answered it. Yeah, he does have to be careful. But then, you know, you're playing on the edge. As a captain, you've got to be, you know, every, everyone's got that line that they step over. Jono, the best England captain ever, had those moments as well, didn't he? You know, where he stepped over the line and did something he shouldn't have done. Sexton, we've seen, we see, we saw James Ryan the other week. I ain't never seen him react like that with, mm. you know, and boys are winding each other up. And that's where we're at at the minute because there's no self-policing on the rugby field anymore in terms of being that enforcer that Jim wasn't. Was. I wasn't. Was. Sorry, was, yeah. Um, it's now become a case of trying to wind someone up. And, you know, obviously, Alan and Jones, they, they mentioned that they were trying to wind Sinclair up last year. And it's then, it's a frustrated reaction, isn't it? So the, the ones that do me are the celebratory ones when someone's made a mistake. I don't agree in those, patting people on the head when you've knocked it on or whatever, or Farrell's one where he's slapped George North. It Then that's what escalates when it's... You're thinking it, he's a dick. That's yeah, what you're yeah, thinking. Yeah. That, it, unfortunately, fact, yeah, that, that's what people are thinking. It amazes me that they have, that that nothing has ever been done about mm, that. I it is. Mean. I think it is one of the worst things. I, I can get why people get in the referee's ear. I think there's a bigger issue there. They're all sort of play acting a little bit for the TMO. There's a bit of gamesmanship. It's a real grey area i can see both sides of it if someone sort of gives you a nudge and you play on um it's play on if you fall over then the tmo looks at it you get a penalty you win games you win trophies i get that the one thing i do not get is the like the padding on heads at scrum time in particular someone makes a mistake i think it's fucking horrible like it's really ugly isn't it yeah. i'd yeah, love to see it out of the game yeah mr c barclay has tweeted in who has got the best right hook in rugby hence not the french prop it was a it was a proper punch Jamie Richie can take a punch. He's like a black belt in some martial arts Is he? thing. Yeah, he's hard. Well, he took a punch and then he took a full-on shot to the ribs. And then he got man of the match. Kelfick who gets up and just bosses it. Exactly. Um, I don't know now. I can't, I can't think who now. I wouldn't mess with Manu if he's throwing a right. I've seen him throw a right. Yeah, well, well he hit Ashy though and literally decapitated him, didn't he? <laughs> so it can't be that hard. Um, Brett Deacon, I said. It's not a right, though. Yeah, I know. It's, I, mean, I know, details. Details, mate. Brett, I think even if it were your right, you're still going down. Brett's was always the left, though, wasn't it? It was a left, it was an uppercut. I mean, who throws an uppercut in a fight? This is the thing. Like, you're, you know, there ain't many of us that are hard out there. We're, we're throwing over the top. He's coming in with an uppercut. Who hits you with an uppercut? Night-night. They called it the Deacon Bomb, and you were snoring. Any days that you remember in particular where he hit someone with a bomb? He hit me with a bomb once. Did we he? were in South Africa. We were living in South Africa for a year, and... Uh, 
we've playing this drinking game uh, which involved cards lads and uh, you basically it's almost like snap and then if you, if you lose you, you've got to drink two fingers when you say fingers. almost like snap well you're basically playing snap I was losing the game whatever it was and we've gone into the room started having an argument about it we're both naked uh, just had a shower why uh, just we're just we're getting showered okay um, after playing snap and he's thrown the sheet over me and then I've grabbed him I've like we're wrestling properly and next thing the deacon bomb come, like I'm, I can't see anything I'm in under the sheet so if I saw it coming I would have blocked it probably with my elbow or knee I would lift the knee up really high next thing I'm lying back and I'm snoring by the alarm clock but I woke up after about three seconds and didn't flinch but I've been hit by the Deacon Bomb. Didn't flinch. Didn't flinch, no. Didn't best, flinch. The best Deacon Bomb I ever saw was uh, when you boys were at Gloucester. And then he got sent off, didn't he? T-Pain. Tim Payne. Like he stamped them. on my foot, that's they why. They were squaring up. Oh, did he? I was captain, so you don't do that if you're captain. I mean, this obsession with captaincy <laughs> and vice-captaincy. <laughs> so Tim Payne has obviously stamped on Jim's foot. Then there's a bit of a set two, and they're both going, you're only ever looking at the right, aren't you? I always saw it with Brett. People are just you're just looking at the right, waiting for the right to come. The left comes, you ain't seen it. Bang! He's hit straight. He's hit him in the neck and almost knocked him out. But we don't convert, condone violence. We don't. Show. We don't. The game has moved on dramatically now. So, see Barkley, you're old school, mate. We're not. We're new school. And finally, the last uh, social media question is from Chris Langton: Can Jim ride a penny farthing? What do you think? I doubt it. I rode a Harley Davidson round <laughs> Montpellier with a cigar in my mouth, not lit. What do you mean? Can I ride a boxer on the sidecar? Exactly. Not any boxer, Bruce. So this yes. God bless him. Um, well, what is a penny farthing? Do you know what a penny farthing is? I think so. Go on then. It's a born with a big wheel and a little wheel. He's, the history, yes, Jim. I told you. You are Sweaty learning. Betty was mistress teacher, mate. You can't call a teacher Sweaty Betty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not so anymore. Goalposts to move. In 95, you could. Well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by Sons, isn't it, Goody? Yeah, we're still using the products, aren't we, Jim? Well, I am. I am. And KV, I'm looking at your lid there. I think you could do with some of these and a load of the moose. What do you think? No comment. Um, yeah, mate, we're still using it. Of course I am. Three weeks. It's only been two now. Can you see a difference? Yeah, mate. It's starting you, to... Um, I just, sorry, I can't thicker. lift my head down. Just so stiff. There can be a bit of a stigma about hair loss for men, but sons are helping to change that, and they have a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss. Their free online consultation with specialist physicians takes less than two minutes, and delivery takes just a few days. They can deliver results in over nine out of ten men, and all for a reasonable monthly cost with no hidden costs or charges. So show hair loss who's boss and go to sons.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 quid that's s-o-n-s.co.uk and the code is rugbypod10 so go and check them out yeah good uh loads and loads and loads of good uh we're going to start off in england of course we are we're going to go to the premiership some big premiership games this weekend guys and of course the mighty wasps three bonus point victories on the spin absolutely dominating gloucester 39 22 at home lima sopawanga did you see his pass jim i didn't know but i know that he's back in form Cipriani, Mark II, but not with penalty advantage. Floated a beautiful seed on the bounce over the top. Uh, Marcus Watson runs onto it. We end up scoring a wonder try. Jacob Umunga noticed the Wii. Uh, brilliant play from Sopawang. He's had some stick. Started at 15 this weekend. Played exceptionally well. Good on uh, And Wasps are now flying. just... Yeah, we're flying, mate. We're, I think we're two points off fourth. Yes, we are. Wee, wee, wee. Uh, what else was good in the Premiership this weekend? Sale carry on. 39-0 victors over London Irish. Second and look good, even though Chris Ashton has left. Uh, Exeter absolutely pulling Bath's pants down. 57-20. They look back to their best. Some brilliant play. Sam Simmons. Joe Simmons. Quality. 
Brothers. Brothers. Uh, so outstanding for them. Bristol's. Another win. That's five on the spin in the Premiership for them. Lua Tua, man of the match again. Beating your favourite team. 50 years old. What happened? Harlequins. Oh, Dever. I'm, I'm, I'm really sad for them. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, Ingham women. The Red Roses. Uh, absolutely spanking well. 66-7. Saw it, yeah. But more importantly, there was 10,974 people at the stoop. Cool. That's probably more than the Quins get to watch, is it? I don't know attendances, but I think so. There we go. But uh, an outstanding turnout to watch England women destroy Wales. Uh, England's men win the Triple Crown. Uh, I thought it was a powerful performance. Some bits to work on, but pretty good. But the good for me this week... What you got? What you got? Justin Tipperick's try. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got the seal of yeah. approval. There you got the go. nodder. Justin Tipperick's try from the kickoff. Tompkins, two touches, bounces outside Elliot Daly, puts the boys down the wing, gets a second touch on the inside again. Boom. Tipperick with the gas under the poles. How quick is he? Try of the tournament. Outstanding. Mm. Justin Tipperick. You get the good. Uh, the bad. Plenty of bad. Uh, we're going to start off. We'll start off in Super Ruggers. Anyone see the Bulls versus the Highlanders, their kick clash? No, mm. I didn't see it, no. I mean, ridiculous. No way. Yeah, what, what they had similar kit, did they? Yeah. No way. Yeah, they My did. Word. They did. Oh, I God. mean, right. who's even choosing that? Uh, what else was bad? Bath spanked 57-20 uh, by Exeter. Gloucester. They've now lost five on the spin, Gloucester. They have. Blame Ravo. Yeah, blame. Oh, oh yeah, it is him since he yeah, took over Yeah, Ravo's arm, mate. They've not won a game. We'll go back to a bit of Super Ruggers. Another team taking 50. Uh, the Waratahs uh, against the Chiefs lost 51 14. Chief, chief, chief. Yeah. Uh, what else was bad? Uh, Matthew Jalibert's lid. He dyed it grey. Yeah. What, yeah. what are you thinking? Matt, I, I'll be honest, I'm not an expert on dyeing your hair, no, so I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, that was pretty bad. Uh, France, all to play for with the Grand Slam, or the Grand Slam, as uh, Johnny Beatty called it earlier. Um, back to their old France, weren't they? They were. Just uh, ill-disciplined, away from home performance in France. That was not good at all. So that was bad. Uh, but I'm going to share the bad this week. Mate, you're so generous. I'm going to share it between two folks, two peoples, two men of England. One of them, we spoke about it earlier, Joe Marler grabbing Alan Wynne Jones's genitalia. Mm. Not a good look. He's been cited. That's bad. But also, he's going to share it with his head coach, Eddie Jones, for his outrageous comments after the game about Manu's tackle. He's got a responsibility to not come out with that when we're trying to change the way boys are tackling for player safety. But also his 16th man chat, saying that it was like 13 versus 16 at the end, saying the ref was basically biased, cheating, whatever you want to call it. said it so casually as well. Yeah, ridiculous from Eddie Jones. So the bad is shared between Joe Marleybone and Eddie Jones. And the ugly... But before we get to the real ugly... We're going to have to give a mention to Wanderers fly half, Peter Crowley, who we're told was always up for a beer, but has been missing the team pints after the games since he met his new lady, and he doesn't go for beers with the lads anymore. So, Oh, one of them, is it? Either take the missus, or just go yourself. No, mate, you don't take the missus, Exactly, do but I'm well, trying to be maybe, nice, so... I, well, maybe you can, though. You I can if know. you want, but... You I can, don't know how it works. You can, mate. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not in your house. Yeah, I don't know, mate. You, back, who you, knows? you lock back up, don't you? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then two other bits of ugly, actually. The Japanese Top League. It's been suspended for the rest of the month partly because of coronavirus, but now also because of Kiwi Joel Everson of the Hino Red Dolphins. He was arrested for alleged cocaine use as part of a wider drug scandal in rugby in Japan. No way. Is that legit? Legit. Legit. My word. My word. Hey, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, that's ugly. But the ugliest was, without a shadow of a doubt, Mohamed Hawass is punched to the face of Jamie Ritchie. Um, Who didn't flinch. Didn't flinch, but there's absolutely no place in the game for that anymore, my friend. So Mohamed Hawass... 
A big ban is coming. How's that? Thanks, Goody. And you guys have got a couple of shout-outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, I have. I've got a big shout-out to All Greys Club, old boys, who played at the weekend and were raising money for Just For Kids Law, a charity which helps children and young people in legal difficulty, and it's in memory of their former centre and in-house Guinness fiend, Jack Merritt, who was killed in the attack of Fishmongers Hall last November. Yeah, big shout-out to those guys. And also a big shout-out to Bonnie Main RFC, who sent flowers... And £200 to the opposition physio, Louise, at Ammonford RFC this week after she treated one of their players. And that's uh, a brilliant thing to do, isn't it? Very good. And Jim, you've got a shout-out as well, don't you? I have. Um, normally, we do shout-outs, uh, and me and Goody talk about them, but not today, because we've got a special shout-out today. So we've got Alan Nash, a good friend of mine. Nashy, tell the millions of people out there what you've been up to uh, over the last couple of days, because it's an unbelievable cause. I think the millions need to hear what you've been up to. Hi Jim, uh, yeah, the weekend I did what's called the 4448 Challenge. Now some people might know uh, David Goggins, he's an ex-Navy SEAL, a bit of a endurance athlete. He uh, sets a challenge of 4448, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And I uh, took that on to raise uh, awareness and funds, donations for uh, Doddy Weir and Tom Smith. So at 6pm on Friday night, I started my first four miles and then every four hours after that until 6pm on Sunday, I got four miles in. So it's a bit of a battle against, it's your own mind you're up against because I, I thought doing it at the start, my body could get around it, but it's discipline, it's lack of sleep and I did it with three kids, the family and all the commitments I had to do around the weekend. So took that on, got through it and um, I'm glad people reached out and donated to the guys. Oh my days, you sound like an absolute, how tired? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a bit broken today to be honest, but yeah, I was in work this morning and just had to had to get on with it. But I had a lot of people reached out over the weekend and, and I saw the benefits of social media at the weekend, just how sort of through Instagram and Twitter you can really uh, make a difference. And the people that did donate, I really appreciate everything they did. And how have they been received, Nashi, up there in terms of uh, Doddy and, and Tom Smith? I know, but I think it'd be quite good for you because you're the one that's done this unbelievable challenge over the last couple of days. They're both fighting a really difficult battle at the minute, but what's um, been spoken about there, you're at the, the Bill McLaren dinner, I think on Friday, they let you go out and do your run kind of mid-meal. But how's it been received with Doddy and Tom? Well, it's, it's something I said on Instagram stories over the weekend that like here I am on Monday and my body's recovering and Tom and Doddy, they're, they're fighting for their lives every day. So the little things that we can all do wherever we are to raise awareness and help them, it's, we've just got to do it. It's that sort of rugby family connection. But, they have been, they're so well loved up here and, and around the world. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be at the Bill McLaren Foundation dinner on Friday and, and at 10pm I went into the toilets, took my kilt off, got my training kit on, ran four miles, I got back, got my kilt back on and got on with the dinner. But Rory Lawson very kindly gave me a shout out and the, the rugby family in that room, 250, 300 people, they reacted well, they all cheered and it was a huge sort of ruckus and round of applause for just everyone getting behind them. Um, Doddy and Tom because we just all want to do so much for them and do what we can that's amazing mate really good I'm just disappointed you didn't do it in your kilt but that's uh, next year maybe next year uh, how much money have you raised then mate and how can uh, people donate to the cause well what, what I did I, as I say I was just raising awareness so I was just directing everybody directly to the my name is Doddy Foundation and Tom Smith's foundation page and the Wounded Lions everything that's out there already this I only announced I was I only decided to do this challenge last Wednesday 
not, someone suggested it to me and I took it on with a day's notice so um, I thought the best thing to do is raise awareness and send people directly so I know I know it's over £500 so far but I just wish and, and want people to go directly to the uh, Doddy's page and Tom's page and give as much as they can Well thank you very much for coming on the show um, and, and best of luck raising that extra cash Thanks very much guys Thanks All for coming on Nashi Cheers, Cheers buddy Thanks guys I appreciate it Good bloke What a bloke He is and wow. you know there's people out there who aren't necessarily ex-professional rugby players or professional rugby players. And I follow Nashi on social media and he's helped me out with a few things up in Edinburgh. He's got his own podcast called Get After It and he gets some really good guests on and stuff like that. And I just love, I love his work. Like I think he's trying to make something out of his life. He's got a, he's got a little business on the go. And uh, I think to kind of do that and the momentum that's gathering around Doddy and Tom Smith, we all know about yeah. uh, Tom's fight against cancer. And he had his uh, testimonial dinner in the lead up to last week yeah, two back to back two back to back things that we couldn't go to the same of the live show so I think it was important that we got Nashi on to talk about that and I've donated my fee from the live show to go to Tom Smith and, and his family I think it will go to so it, look it's a big shout out to them that's what we do we like to have a crack on here but you know you, you listen to the podcast this week and, and there's stuff that's gone on actually there's a lot bigger things going on in the world than you know jo- joe marler grabbing nuts and is he going to get cited is he not going to get cited so big shout out to you nashi you're a good bloke mate yeah here here well done mate right, thanks kb thanks goody thanks jim thanks producer tim and thank you very much for listening as well don't forget to subscribe follow us on twitter review us on itunes and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod rugby pod 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 pod, pod.